0: Hello and welcome to the Power Switch, gaming's call-and-talk radio show. My name is Peter Spezia, and today is May 13th, 2017. This is the 25th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Oh, it's good to be back. I'm sorry I had to call off on uh, last week's show, but it's really good to be back. Uh, let's see what I've been playing recently. I've been playing some Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, went through the 50cc, kind of breezed through that really, just you know, getting all of those gold trophies, probably about halfway through the 100cc right now. I know I'm, I'm not a pro like you. I don't start on 150 and then see if... 200 tests of my metal or anything like that, but you just gotta go and make some good progression there. And then I uh, started near automata today, uh, that was some good fun. Uh, probably about five hours in doing some side quest stuff uh, before going underground uh, for that main mission in the story. If you've played it, uh, you're familiar with that, but yeah, liking it so far. Uh, it's just been sitting on the shelf for a while through Gamefly, uh, you know, it just before Persona 5 came in, and so it's been. Sitting there for a while. Got to get to it. Uh, speaking of Persona 5, do check out our spoiler cast over on YouTube at Rhymes with Asia or on Podcast Services. Uh, had a lot of fun recording that. That was a good time. Came together well for a nice edit. So check that out if you've beaten Persona 5. Uh, really do recommend that. But it's important to talk about on the show this week with our main topic because we're less than a month away from E3 2017 and that's... Really exciting. So I kind of wanted to first run down the list of kind of where all of the current conferences are slated, then kind of talk about our E3 2017 contest and then the questions, uh, the predictive like questions that are associated with that. So kind of just want to run through things quickly. Then we'll get to the callers and you know, like the the show. Kind of what's special about the show really is. You know, getting to the callers and having you talk about whatever you'd like to about video games. But we're going to start with E3 2017. And uh, let's talk about those conferences. Uh, It starts on Saturday of the week this year, of all things. And that's unusual, but that's when EA has their press conference. uh, Saturday, June 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Then we go to Sunday, and Microsoft mixing up a bit. Uh, Usually they're first on the Monday. They want to separate themselves from Sony, so they're on the Sunday this year. Sunday, June 11th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for Microsoft. Bethesda confirmed locked in for that Sunday as well, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Then Ubisoft hasn't confirmed anything. Uh, but granted, we are still a month out. That could easily change over the coming week. They could confirm a time uh, if they keep to how you know the trends have been for the past years, uh, and you know right now it would it would be. Monday, June 12th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And that still kind of gives them a good bubble of time, just kind of right in the middle of nowhere. Uh, that's how it's been for past years, not confirmed yet. I would imagine, though, if they... They're going to have a press conference. you got to imagine that they would. It's not like Vivendi's taking over somehow before then. Uh, but if Ubisoft does have a conference, I would imagine it'd be Monday, June 12th, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And then that leaves Sony on that Monday night, as they usually are, confirmed, locked in 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So Sunday and Monday... Sunday nights you know some some late shows on the East Coast but it works out well for Pacific time I suppose but I'm man I'm, I'm sorry Europe those are some uh, some late nights now Nintendo also confirmed for Tuesday at noon Eastern time on June 13th doing a spotlight. Not sure how it differs from a Nintendo Direct or anything like that. It, it's going to be a, a Direct essentially. They'll have their you know Treehouse Live sort of set up after, and that'll be fine. So I'd like to talk about our E3 2017 contest. And if you've listened to Podcast Pass, Show Me Your News, for example, uh, I kind of run this contest pretty similarly when I'm hosting podcasts, and it's going to be set up very similarly this year as well. Uh, so. Fifty yes or no questions. As really, it's it's very simple to participate. You kind of see what is offered here, these different questions, and all you have to do is answer yes or no. Uh, it doesn't take much knowledge. It could take some knowledge, but you could honestly do a flip of a coin if you wanted to to answer each question yes or no. So here's how it's going to work. Uh, first of all, you're going to visit rhymeswithasia.com/e3contest. Then you're going to see those questions. You're going to copy-paste into an email. Send that and your answers to powerswitchpod at gmail.com. And so our big prediction show, E3 2017, we're going to kind of go over each of these in more in depth, kind of you know right before E3. And also you'll give your big boss predictions, your keeper predictions. It's, it's very fun if you've listened to shows like that that I've hosted in the past. But uh, that'll be on Saturday, June 3rd. Now, normally we, we have it right before E3, but the way E3 is shifted around, I mean, EA is right on the 10th. So we got to go the week before, Saturday, June 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So you won't want to miss that. However, mixing it up a bit from contests in the past that I've hosted, uh, there is a bit of a disadvantage to submitting your answers early. And you have a bit of an advantage for submitting late because things can change in the weeks leading up. Things can be revealed, things can be hinted at. So that may give you a bit of an advantage if you submit your your question late. However, we're changing that a bit this year. And so what do I mean? So we'll have three weeks before that prediction show. So if you submit it in the third week out, let's say, and that'll be from May 14th through 20th, you will get five bonus points. If you submit from May 20th to 27th, the second week out, you'll get three bonus points. And one week out from our prediction show, if you submit then, you won't get any bonus points, but you'll get the advantage of waiting that extra time to maybe increase your chances of having the highest point total by the end of it all. And we'll we'll be able to tally it up by the end of E3. It's a whole lot of fun if you haven't done, it. it's also just, it's very easy to participate. The winner, Once it's all said and done, uh, we'll be asked, invited onto this show to uh, join me as a a co-host for the episode to talk about things post E3, once everything is concluded. So uh, that'll be kind of, I guess, the, the reward there. But let's get to the 50 E3 2017 yes or no questions. Now, it's important to note the answer of yes or no will be decided at the end of E3 2017. Now, some of these may say during the conference, but... Overall, the idea is, will this happen by the end of E3 2017, yes or no? Let's get to it. We start with 10 questions from Microsoft. Will Project Scorpio receive both its final name and its specific release date? Will the price of Project Scorpio be announced as less than $551? Will a new Halo game or remake, not an expansion or DLC, be revealed? Will two of the following three, Crackdown 3, Sea of Thieves, or State of Decay 2, receive specific release dates? Will a racing game specifically titled Forza Motorsport 7 be announced? Will a brand new first-party intellectual property from Microsoft be announced? Will Cuphead or Below have a new trailer shown during the conference? Will Minecraft have its own dedicated segment during the conference? Will virtual or augmented reality be mentioned during the conference? And will Phil Spencer change his lowest layered shirt during the conference? Up next, 10 questions for Sony. Will new PlayStation hardware, be it a console, a handheld, or VR 2.0 be announced? Will God of War receive a 2017 release window? Will gameplay footage of Spider-Man be shown? Will The Last of Us Part Two have a trailer or demo shown during the conference? Will Sucker Punch reveal their new PS4 game? Will more than one PlayStation VR game that is not an add-on experience to another title receive a trailer during the conference? Will Bloodborne 2 be announced? Will Red Dead Redemption 2 have a trailer or demo shown during the conference? Will a new celebrity be confirmed to appear in Death Stranding? And will the phrase US Dollars be said at any time during the conference? Now, 10 questions for Nintendo. Will two of the following three, Super Smash Bros., Super Mario Maker or Xenoblade Chronicles X have Switch ports confirmed? Will a new Pokémon game be announced exclusively for Switch? Will an Animal Crossing or an F-Zero game be revealed for Switch? Will a new series of Amiibo be revealed? Will Mother 3 be announced for Switch? Will the price of Switch's online service be announced as less than $26 annually? Will GameCube Virtual Console plans be announced? Will more than three new games for 3DS be revealed during the spotlight? Will a Nintendo mobile game be mentioned during the spotlight? And will the phrase, up until now, be said during the spotlight? Now here are 10 questions about third parties. Will we see new video footage of Final Fantasy VII Remake or Kingdom Hearts III? Will both Call of Duty World War II and Destiny 2 have gameplay demos featured during a conference? Will more than one celebrity be brought on stage during EA's conference? Will Visceral Games' Amy Hennig-directed Star Wars game receive an official title? Will a new Assassin's Creed game set in ancient Egypt be revealed? Will Ubisoft reveal a sequel to either Rayman, Splinter Cell, or Far Cry? Will Bethesda reveal a sequel to either Wolfenstein or The Evil Within? Will someone demonstrate Doom VR or Fallout 4 VR while wearing a head mounted display on stage? during Bethesda's conference. Will Konami announce a new console game? Will a game series which had its last title release over 10 years ago receive a new installment? And finally, 10 games that could be revealed. These are hopes and dreams. Either Half-Life 3, Portal 3, or Left 4 Dead 3. Metroid for Switch. Devil May Cry 5. The Elder Scrolls 6. The Sims 5. Borderlands 3. Cyberpunk 2077. Deep Down. Agent. And Beyond Good and Evil 2. To determine tiebreakers this year, please submit a guess of how many Switch mentions will be in the nintendo spotlight that is how many times switch will be said anyway i know that's a lot to go through so starting may 14th this sunday please visit rhymeswithasia.com e3 contest and submit your entries to powerswitchpod at gmail.com. You get the bonus this year of three weeks out, it's five bonus points. Two weeks out, it's three bonus points. And one week out of our big call-in show on Sunday, June 3rd, it's going to be no bonus points. Gives you a bit of a little more gamesmanship there. So looking forward to having you submit and have a lot of fun with this E3 2017 contest. So, that's what I have to say. When we come back, we'll get to the callers. What do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts, but you can also bring up whatever gaming topic you'd like to discuss. And don't forget, you can also reply to what another caller had to say as well. That's all when we come back, here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. We've got people here lined up, ready to call in, whether it's talking about our E3 yes or no questions or E3 as a whole. Looking forward to hearing what everyone has to say. Joining us from Michigan, Scott, welcome back to the Power Switch.
1: Hey, Pete. How's it going?
0: Pretty good. How are you?
1: Man, I'm just mentally preparing myself already for, uh, for the craziness. That, that is E3 in a couple
0: of weeks. Oh gosh, absolutely! And you've uh, joined me on on past E3s, and we live in relative close proximity to each other. Looking forward to doing that again this year uh, with your website, DashingNerds dot uh, So that will be yeah, we'll have okay. some good
1: some uh, some joint goodness there.
0: Absolutely. So that that should be fun. Um, what did you want to talk about today?
1: Thinking of E3, we you and I. This is what our seventh or eighth E3 we'll be doing.
0: Gosh, it's when you put it that way it's something like that, yeah.
1: It's something like that. I mean, we've had we've it's been some crazy times. I mean, I remember watching the announcement for Kingdom Hearts 3, the the initial big thing with the pre-rendered trailer. I remember the craziness that was that. I remember watching it in your insanely warm apartment. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was uh I remember that one being the year where uh, Ken Levine <laughs> was talking about BioShock for Vita. And how yeah. that never happened, yeah. Whether it was apartments that we didn't want the loud AC, the mm-hmm. wall-mounted AC to run because it would be too loud, and we were uh, we were we were live streaming reactions back then. I um, mean, yeah, gosh, I totally remember the uh, the Kingdom Hearts three reaction. That was that yeah. was a good time. We were we were losing our minds while my brother was there. Quantum. It's like, oh, okay, it's it's Kingdom Hearts three. We're like,
1: but it's Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> yeah, Mark was so over it and. Nonchalant about the whole thing. It yeah, was. Uh, yeah.
0: There have been a lot of good ones for sure. There have yeah. been.
1: Well, just a couple of years ago with the Final Fantasy 7 announcement. I mean, occasionally I'll go back and watch some of our reactions to to that, to Shenmue, to Last Guardian, to PlayStation Four announcing that it's it's going to let your friends borrow games. I remember that we were having a blast for that one, watching that and. The reaction to Breath of the
0: Wild, oh, man. and
1: it's just we go back a ways with this E3 stuff. We've we've been doing this a while
0: we do and it, it kind of shows you know the magic of the time i mean some people if you're you're new to the video game scene and you're listening to this podcast and you know like what's so special about e3 and you may hear like oh well e3 is dying it's not as good as it once was e3 is still special because it's you know where everyone gathers where the industry gathers mm-hmm. many people go on stage to talk about their plans for the year and beyond and you know nintendo does their own thing now with you know digital events and you know that's kind of been the way for, you know, four years or so, whatever have you. Uh, Mm -hmm. But when people make a big theatrical production on stage, like that says something like when there's, there's, you know, stake in the game and there are memories that are made forever. I mean, you can even talk to, you know, some of the more baffling moments, whether, you know, Mr. Caffeine
1: at Ubisoft,
0: yeah, Mr. Caffeine, <laughs> <laughs> just saw that. Or, uh, you know, when Microsoft, when, you know, things didn't, didn't have sound or was it EA one of the, like, just didn't have sound and you were hearing hot mics behind the stage yeah. or ah, there, there's so many just odd gaffes. I mean, Sony had some,
1: battlefield, uh, it was, I want to say battlefield fours video that didn't have audio and then they start walking back
0: yeah the guy was kind of stranded on stage yeah that yeah that
1: <laughs> so that it cluster
0: yeah yeah or it's it's weird things with ubisoft like jason derulo is suddenly putting out a concert and yeah. uh, like for just dance okay uh so it's it's a moment where like the eyes are on the video game world whether it's you know not just game fans overall But, you know, when they say this is where the mainstream media tunes in, I mean, you see, you know, most of the time, big product announcements made at E3. Uh, It's an important timing. Yeah, you have your Gamescoms, sometimes your Tokyo Game Mm -hmm. Shows. I mean, you have PlayStation Experience in December. Uh, Those are fine, but it's trying to capture the kind of attention, the feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: There's something special, a gravitas to E3 that the others are fantastic it's just
0: not E3. Like yeah. everyone really comes to play at E3. That's the yeah. thing. Like you kind of have uh, you mentioned in uh, what 2013 where you had kind of the the hedging the best the competition of what the yeah. final features of Xbox One and PlayStation 4 would be and you could argue that you know maybe PlayStation made some changes last minute after they saw what Microsoft did you know several hours before. Uh, yeah there yeah. Are, there are some some very fond memories with with E3 and you know I think that's it's going to be exciting this year because for for Microsoft they have the next step forward. They're trying to see how do they take Windows 10 uh, kind of implement it as an overall platform. Mm-hmm. They just recently had a I think a Build 2017 sort of presentation where they're talking about how to step forward with you know implementing Xbox into what they do overall. I mean with yeah. Scorpio. I mean what do they call it? What will the price be? What's what's the logic there? With Sony, it's you know. Do they, you know, continue to pump out the games? They have they have announced a lot of stuff way in advance, but can they deliver on you know what is coming next? What's for twenty seventeen? Mm-hmm. Do they have anything more that's new to show? Uh, what are the third-party partnerships? What's that like? And for Nintendo, I mean, it's obvious. This Nintendo Switch. What else do you have besides, you know, you have Splatoon 2, you have ARMS, you have Super Mario Odyssey. Like, what is beyond? I know their spotlight is 2017, but what's beyond? And then yeah. you throw in the third parties to think Bethesda would continue to be a player. Uh, EA and Ubisoft, of course, continue to do that. What is the strategy behind ea being on saturday so there's a lot to pay attention to if you're a game fan if you listen to this kind of podcast there's enough intrigue there um yeah it's it's really exciting but you're you're right i mean to go back to e3's past like there have been some fun moments
1: fun and just hilarious moments to look at and laugh at and then just make fun of like skittles the tiger
0: (laughs) i love you you. i love you skittles
1: with fist bump and looking at the bottom of an xbox avatar's foot and
0: (laughs) a lot of those connect base certainly but yeah i mean that's that's part of the fun
1: nintendo opening up with the zelda concert oh man with the that gave me goosebumps i remember that and it's
0: yeah. Well, then it's you even yeah. Like that. You look at uh, yeah. Sony last year with opening with the God of War concert. I mean, what is it with live yeah. concerts? Like, I think <laughs> more need to go in that direction. Open with you know a live pit orchestra, kind of get that out, get that going. Uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of strategies also play into it. I mean, you right. talk about Sony last year with just literally they had a shorter show than years past, but it was because they were going trailer, 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 and just right. like the back to back, the the constant pacing. Like, I think that's what. A lot of people want they don't want the the sluggish points of years past with, you know, on stage demos that may fail. I mean, you think of Wonder Book. Uh, Wonder Book yep. was dreadful. Uh you may think, you know, the grand you know, long past are we, you know, with the times of talking to investors and let's go mm-hmm. through a PowerPoint of our sales numbers and, and pitch it that way. We're long past that point. I think, especially right. with, you know, age of live streaming and everyone paying attention the the Twitter responses and all um, there's, there's so much to consider. And it, I think that's part of the fun of doing not only this contest of just kind of marking mm-hmm. where we are a month out, kind of giving like a semblance of predictions, like could be yes, could be no, but also as you mentioned, you know, when we've recorded our reactions in years past. And I hope to do that uh, not necessarily live. Uh, we want to do, you know, certainly live post show podcasts mm-hmm. with everyone call in this kind of format. Um right. that would be certainly be fun after each uh each show, you know, except PC, let's be honest. Uh, but And maybe PlayStation. <laughs> PlayStation
1: might be the next morning. Yeah, we'll usually see. Usually we'll Sony see. is a little late. Yeah. We'll see. We right. might be super hyped up, who knows. It's, Sony it's- is gotten us giddy before in the years past that's entirely Recent possible yeah. yeah
0: but you know but also uh recording our reactions during and i think i want to do yeah. that again this year to kind of stitch together kind of like the best of uh, sort of like a little montage of, of highlights there because yeah looking back to that 2015 show when it was the the year of dreams for sony and you had the shenmue and you had final fantasy 7 like those were exciting and especially as you said to, to look back on
1: it's the closest I ever get like the announcements like that to feeling how I felt when I was a little kid on like Christmas morning, Mm -hmm. just the surprise and the wonder. And it's like, Oh my God, did that really happen? And it's just fantastic. And I'm so excited and it'll be nice not to have one insane day this year. Like Mondays have been previously where it's literally like 20 hours nonstop. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Spread it out a little bit. That'll be nice.
1: And it's going to be interesting with this whole Coliseum thing with Jeff Keighley, with oh, yeah. that bringing that in. How's that going to, I mean, I think square is said that they're going to be doing like a little conference or a little discussion there, a bunch of developers. So it's like, what's going to come out of there. Yeah.
0: Is, is, grown, is that where we man. see kingdom hearts three this year? Maybe.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible. I think we'll see it at Sony and then we might get more of a in-depth discussion at like a, at the Coliseum, kind of thing. Yeah, that's possible. I think they would want Kingdom Hearts to be like front stage. Like that would be like a main stage thing they would want to show off. They know they'll have the big audience if they show a new trailer at one of the big three.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, when you think about you know how do you spend your time in between the conferences if you're just watching from home? I mean, if you're not churning out uh, you know content or whatever, I mean whether it's you know, different things like IGN or GameSpot or something like Kind of Funny uh, to have those kind of long shows in between. Now you add the element of this year's uh, Coliseum with Jeff Keighley and hosting panels and things like that. So even though it'll be in between conferences, like, you know, once the show kind of starts like you'll have those hours of content just to, if you want to jump back and forth, between, oh, the, you know, this game is being shown off on this stream, but this is over here and kind of Mm-hmm. Go there, or if you just leave one on and just let it roll. Uh, it's 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 an exciting time.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the past, I know uh, we've had on your main screen. We'll have one conference, but if another's going on, I'll have it on my iPad, or you'll have it on your laptop, or something. So it's just so much stuff. It's gonna be crazy. In for another ride, man.
0: Absolutely, that and I know tr- it's it's tough to say. You know, it's it's a month out, and you don't want to get too excited because there is still that time uh but and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really good i'm i I can't wait and uh this is part of the fun is kind of stating where we are now where our thoughts are now with e3 and kind of how it develops over the next few weeks we'll have that that big show kind of give the last big predictions uh, and then see where we're at i think i wonder how it's going to be different this year because you have a lot more of a sort of independent journalists kind of doing their own reporting, their own digging, uh, you know, so for something like mm-hmm. the uh, Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom game for switch, like mm-hmm. enough sources have reported that, that it's, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that will be at E3. It's kind of why I didn't include it in any of the, mm-hmm. the yes or no things. It's like, it's, it's going to be there. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see, you know, finally the gameplay footage or something like that. Um, right. Yeah. That's, it's going to be, it's going to be a good year. I'm, and just I'm for it. all
1: the listeners, be very careful with what you see online right now, because this is like pr- we are starting the primo fake rumor leak time. So don't believe everything you see.
0: Anything and everything can be photoshopped or in this case, you know, there's not, I mean, especially gosh, when you look at something like switch, you can play any video file. Yeah, mp4 whatever on switch Mm -hmm. i mean just get ready for people like oh well look what i found i found this switch and it's it's playing you know this game and yeah so this
1: is a screen from a new smash brothers game or
0: it'll be it'll be tilted and the camera's moving at 100 miles an hour
1: (laughs) what was it rayman yeah and you'll have also rumors and stuff like that incredibly well done rayman
0: Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm.
1: thing that was a couple years back and uh,
0: be wary of the uh, yes. the detailed conference rundown <laughs> yeah. that's always a, a popular one uh, so just keep keep your eyes up and uh, kind of trust your instincts what's real what's fake so that's that's probably the best advice for this contest
1: which company do you think is going to have a hot mic incident first like before the conference like the practice show hot mic incident, Ooh. which which company do you think is going to do it this year? Because it seems like there's always one. There's always at least one.
0: Bethesda's got the history, so I'll put the money on that one.
1: You're thinking Bethesda? Yeah. I'm thinking Microsoft.
0: That's interesting. Like you know, because they haven't done it at that earlier time slot. Maybe that's a good guess.
1: I'm thinking Microsoft.
0: All right, so Scott, well, thanks for calling in. Really appreciate the time. We can find you on Twitter at SolidSnake120. Over at uh, DashingNerds.com is your website there. Uh, Anything you'd like to plug in particular?
1: The only thing I can really think of to plug is RPG Limit Break starts today and goes through part of this week. So if you like RPGs and the speedrun community, it is like the biggest um, RPG-focused speedrunning event on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash RPG Limit Break really fun to watch it's a nice thing to have up in the background so that's what i'm going to be watching for the next few days
0: very cool well scott thanks so much for your time looking forward to having you here oh, for yeah. e3 uh until then we'll we'll stay excited and you know keep our ears glued to the ground
1: you know it thanks for having me on it again pete
0: no problem have a good one you too joining us from illinois video game guru 64 welcome back to the power switch
2: Hello, nice to be back.
0: Certainly. Thank you for calling in. Uh, what would you like to talk about today?
2: Windows E3, I guess.
0: Okay, we can certainly and talk about that, yeah.
2: About a new F-Zero, two new Metroid titles, Uh, and uh, Rabbids, it's crazy.
0: I, I don't want you to get your hopes up too much. I mean, when you're asking yeah. for two Metroid titles, I mean i think let's just start with I know, one i know
2: it's just there's just the rumor anybody listening don't get your hopes up yeah
0: jeez. see i wonder with f0 and i i throw it in the the question because animal crossing makes sense is it the year for it i'm not sure it it may be you know it's a next year kind of thing they announce it next year um F-Zero I throw in, because it's, it's kind of just thrown in along with Metroid as you know, one of those forgotten franchises. I wonder if, you know, how does Fast RMX sort of play in it? Does Nintendo see it as a, oh yeah, that'll do for that crowd? Or do they see any sort of success with it and say, well, we need F-Zero now back? I mean, I, I wonder. So that's kind of where that question is laid there.
2: I, I hope that uh, if they do announce the new F Zero game that Shinon, that they are uh, working on it.
0: Yeah, that'd be smart. Uh, you know, don't necessarily take up too much Nintendo Studio space, time, resources. Yeah, give it to the people who love to work on it. I mean, that that would be smart. Even if it's just like a, a teaser, like we've we've just started, and it won't be ready until 2018. Like, that would get people excited for sure. Now, as far as Metroid goes. Do you think that's like a a retro project?
2: Probably, it's most certainly because we haven't heard from them since uh, Donkey Kong. Uh, so,
0: and it's interesting. what there's the the rumor where uh, the the composer for what was the Deus Ex or whatever, like he's now working for for Retro, and he's a big Metroid fan. So, Nintendo. Reddit, Nintendo Gaff—they're trying to put things together, see what might be. Uh, it's also been an interesting, sort of week for Nintendo Gaff, as it were, because people were trying to look at uh, the Nintendo Direct page and. Like, the 2016 Pokemon Direct has, like, disappeared offline. It's taken offline. The launch trailer for Sun and Moon... Not the launch trailer. The uh, the reveal trailer for Sun and Moon. Taken offline for some reason. Like, gone from YouTube. So, people were trying to piece together, like, is there a Nintendo Direct that is going to happen before E3 somehow? And uh, they were trying to piece it together. Like, oh, it'd be one week, and it didn't pan out. So, I think, out of any company, a Nintendo fan likes to speculate and just get their hopes up so much and yeah i think it's a. of course it's a huge e3 for nintendo but you can't be asking for for too much here i don't think
2: i like to be pessimistic towards nintendo around this time like don't don't be optimistic and say oh we could have this and we could have this and we could have this no just just relax Don't be too uh, optimistic because you will uh, have your dreams crushed.
0: Yeah, and I think Nintendo is going to show some great things, Uh, but I think it's just going to be like, you know, two big surprises at most. Um, And, and, you know, just kind of looking through the questions again. I mean, like, is this the year for something like Mother 3? Is that going to be an and it's available now kind of thing? Like, is this the year finally for that? I mean, after, you know, the year off in between, we have the Earthbound beginnings and, you know, the the year before it was Earthbound on eShop. Like, is this the year for that? Does that count as a big surprise? Um, You know, some of these big Switch ports, is it, you know, Super Smash Brothers uh, DX, Director's Cut? Is it, you know, Super Smash Brothers Switch? Like, how much content are we getting in that? Is it going to be everything from Wii U and 3DS together, plus a little bit more, a couple new characters? Like, you know, people can speculate. And I think we'll have a, a couple really nice surprises, I'm sure, but yeah, it's to say that like, oh, it's everything. And also, you know, I think another big question just to, to keep thinking about Nintendo at E3, like what format do they have this spotlight in? Is it a more traditional direct that we've seen? What have they learned from this this new one that sees the rundown? Like, I want to be surprised. I don't want to see things laid out for an E3 press conference. I want to be just genuinely shocked.
2: It, it's announced that it's going to be a spotlight and not a digital event. Maybe that's uh, more focused towards the games and uh, one game, two games, three games. It's keep going on games and don't talk about whatever other stuff that's in between yeah like Sony uh, last year yeah I,
0: I hope that's the case I think they know what they have with the uh, the live streams after the fact that's where you do the deep dives that's where you get the features and have the the directors talking whether it's through translation or whatever like that's where you kind of go a little bit more in depth there I think they kind of learned hopefully I would imagine from the uh, the Indie showcase like that was yeah. a very back to back to back sort of presentation that worked very well for them because it really showed the breadth of what they had to offer and I, I hope that's you're right I think that's hopefully what they should show this year
2: so um I was going to say that uh, I predict that Super Mario Odyssey uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and uh, Iron Man Warriors are all going to come out this year
0: it's a bold prediction Um yeah I'm I hope you're right for the sake of the software library for Nintendo Switch, uh, just to keep kind of that cadence of games going. My one worry with that is, you know, Blade Chronicles 2 because it really depends on how the localization process goes. Um, You know, if... I, they're they're finishing up what the music right now and i have no idea like how far along they are in the other steps of the process but if like the localization of the script takes a long time like I could easily switch or not switch but you know slide back and be uh kind of an early 2018 game like that'd be my one worry i think fire emblem warriors it's easy to churn out those musos uh that should be fine mario odyssey i bet has been done for a long long time uh, so I'm i'm sure that'll hit yeah, the well, perfect moment this holiday,
2: I was thinking Funnels two was uh didn't they say it's like summer or something, so maybe it won't hit summer but it will hit fall or winter
0: possible um, i I'm just a little skeptical I mean granted you know last year was a big time for shifting a lot of games to the next year, and we haven't seen that you know so far yet I guess I'm more just applying. That kind of trend the next year, and say, well, if if there's any Nintendo game, what would it be? Um, but yeah, if if they're all currently confirmed for different times in 2017, uh, I'm just more basing that you know, Mario has to be this fall. I'm I'm sure it's been done for quite some time. Uh, it's so it should be pretty pu- easy.
2: Probably hit that Black Friday slot.
0: Yeah, I, I would imagine that would be the case. That would make sense for for Mario. Um, yeah, it, it would be great to have Xenoblade Chronicles two this year. Uh, it's just interesting when you think of. You Know the rumors, and I threw it in the question there of you know, there's some talk of you know, does Xenoblade Chronicles X get a port to, to Switch? And that's yeah. going to be the talk for you know, do you how many of the, the great Wii U games do you move over to Switch? Is X one of them? Is it another team working on a port? Is, is something like you know, uh, Tantalus, I think is his name, or whatever, like is it some team like that working on that? So, uh, it, then you know, where do they put that? Like, how much Xenoblade is too much Xenoblade? So,
2: I highly doubt it. If it's hitting this year, I don't think so. But two years out, maybe three, uh, you could see it on the Switch, but I don't think it's going to hit this year. And Super uh, Mario Maker, um, I could see that happening, but it's just too many ports.
0: I think that one, it's got to be a game they get right. Uh, you know, And then take their time to, to get it. Exactly how they want it. I think it's one you need to have on the Switch, to be honest, uh, because yeah. lacking in features on 3DS, and I think that really hurt the sales there. Um, but well, to have the kind of vision that they want, but then play it anywhere, like that's that'd be perfect yeah. on a Switch.
2: Then uh, Super Smash Bros. I could see that happening with the, but I really want a new game. But it doesn't have to be like. All new features, everything. It could just be all the characters from Smash uh, for, and adding a couple new characters and that stuff.
0: Yeah, I really wouldn't get your hopes up for a new game. I think you know Sakurai is done for Smash for a while, uh, if not forever. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll take years to make a new one under a different team because uh, he was just a wizard at at churning those things out and making it was just in his vision. Uh, so yeah, I think especially with a growing Smash 4 tournament scene, if you want people to move over to a more definitive edition, uh, that would be the way to go on Switch. Make it a, a, a kind of best of Smash 4. Get some of the 3DS modes in there, uh, some of, you know, all of that mixed in there. I, I think the really interesting thing is, like, do they add a couple characters? Um, you know, one, two, I wouldn't say three or anything like that, but... Uh, make it a game as a service sort of thing. If you want to keep adding extra DLC over time as you stall and wait for a new game, that's I'd say maybe that's fine, but I don't see that happening either. Uh, but you need to kind of continue that scene on a new platform that they are trying to use more for eSports.
2: Gotta have uh, that Wolf and Ice Climbers back.
0: Yeah, I, it's Ice Climbers has to be a shoo-in. You, you'd imagine that they'll take the work that has been done. And then it's yeah, I mean, I don't think it would be Wolf. I think if I had to guess, I mean, follow follow the trends of brands. I mean, Inkling would make a whole lot of yeah. sense. Like
2: Yeah, that would totally make sense. Yeah. I I could even imagine the trailer like uh the Inkling uh the me me Inkling costume uh transforms into uh an Inkling character.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. That's that's entirely possible. It is certainly fun to, you know, kind of speculate on Nintendo in particular. There is there is so much that can be done with, with all their different properties, all of their, their nostalgia. And that's not even, you know, touching on things like you know GameCube virtual console and, and things like that. So certainly a lot of fun.
2: I also predict that Mother Three and GameCube virtual console will be at this uh E three, so
0: I hope you're right. I yeah. I think it would go a long way to start to flesh out not only for those that have been waiting for Mother Three for a long time, but you know, GameCube Virtual Console is something to get pretty excited about. I mean, the idea of playing those kind of games on the go is another option. They got to figure out what they do with the tech, what they do with the analog triggers. Maybe that's a reason why it doesn't happen, or they still need more time oh. to figure it out. But yeah,
2: and if they could have uh, like a feature that uh, unlocks the um. Cube adapter have that and uh, you can plug it into your uh switch and you can play it like that
0: yes you're right that would be an easy thing to patch through usb however it would be an issue of how do you solve the portable problem uh is it an answer yes, of do that, you that, that, yeah do you add joy cons that have you know their gamecube purple colors and they have specific you know springy uh you know triggers i mean we'll see but- well, Video Game Guru yep. 64, thank you so much for calling in, giving some, uh, some Nintendo insights, some thoughts there. It should be an exciting month leading up to E3. We can find you on Twitter at Video Game Guru 64 and other places across the internet. Anything you'd like to plug?
2: If you are a fan of Fire Emblem, there's a new Fire Emblem game this Friday. Go get it. It's Fire Emblem uh, Echoes, Shadows of Valentia. It, it has full voice acting. It should be good. It should not be good if you're starting out with Phylum, but if you're a Phylum fan already, it should be good.
0: (laughs) I would still have to get through Fates myself. I know it's you know not necessary to play, but like I'm I'm still backed up on that end for Fire Emblem. So, uh, but yeah, you know, check out Fire Emblem Echo Shadows Uh, of Valentia for sure.
2: I feel like not a lot of people know that it's coming out this week, so getting the word out there
0: yes very very quickly on on the 19th here in may yeah for sure well thanks so much for calling in really appreciate the time yep and joining us from new jersey matt welcome back to the power switch hey what's up hey how are you
3: doing well uh if i could just follow up on fire emblem real quick you really don't need to play Fates that bad.
0: I, I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I get that it's not critical, but it's like I, I feel bad. Like I, I got the nice, you know, eighty dollar all on one cart sort of thing, and it's just like, no, I'm just gonna move on to the next Fire Emblem, which I, uh, it's. that's guiding, It's gonna be different. I know. But
3: <laughs> I got that same cart, and I just cannot bring myself to keep playing the game. It's got problems.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder how Nintendo's kind of looked back on that. Like they, they tried the whole pokemon thing that they're now also tried with uh with yokai watch and it's like i wonder how that's paid off for them what do they learn from that what the engagement was it, it would be interesting to hear sometime
3: it doesn't help that the story was very poorly received not only in america but also in japan it, it was widely criticized as very badly written
0: well they got a lot of characters out of it and uh i know on one of the past shows you mentioned about uh Fire Emblem Heroes, you know, kind of switch to mm-hmm. talk to the the mobile game a little bit, uh, but but they have a new uh, new contest sort of out now, a new voting. Uh, yes. I, I, I know you talked about you know that on a past show and like how they could fix that, and uh, something's different this time around, isn't it?
3: Yes, um, it remains to be seen how well it works because we are we are literally in the first round right now. Mm-hmm. but they've they've set it up now so that when one of the losing teams is at a disadvantage, we haven't quite figured out what defines a disadvantage yet, then all of their points will be worth triple,
0: oh, interesting,
3: which has not only made uh, the matches much closer. But also has changed like that sort of metagaming strategy of maximizing your own personal points because now it's best to only put in points when you're in that times three because that's your that's not only the points that counts towards the team's points that's also your own personal
0: points. Mm-hmm.
3: So I'm like sitting on uh, I'm sitting on all these flags that I don't want to put in because my team is not at times three and it hasn't been for hours. And there's only seven hours left in the first round, and I'm just really hoping we get another times three so I can blow all my flags at once.
0: And the question is, does Tharja get eliminated?
3: Based on the current scores, she's definitely not going out in the first round. Okay. Um, but there was actually a point where uh, Lin's team was beating Tharja.
0: I do remember seeing so, that point, or at least it was really close, uh, but... Yeah, I, hopefully, you know, whatever they've done that, you know, to pay off. So it's just kind of a callback to one of your, your past segments on this show. It kind of reminded me seeing a little bit of of research there. Uh, but what did, what did you primarily want to talk about today?
3: To kind of continue the discussion of Nintendo at E3. Of course. Yeah. Um, I think that because of the position that Nintendo is in with what the Wii U was doing before and what they're trying to do with the Switch, they're in an interesting position. Where they need to have one of those like outrageously amazing E3 years. Like I think that's the bare minimum of what they can afford to get away with right now. Because the Switch, for as great as the system itself is, still has so, so few games. I I would say that the only two must-have games on it right now are Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, both of which are also on Wii U. So the the big problem with you know this premier system that they have right now is that there's there's not a hugely compelling reason for anyone to get it and I've I've had a, uh, the theory in the past I don't know if I ever talked about it on this show that Nintendo sort of put the switch out there as a soft pre-launch for breath of the wild Mario Kart splatoon 2 and then hopefully in the holiday season they'll sort of do the proper grand opening uh, because that's things that's a thing that like new stores will do uh, with with actual grand openings the store will open for a few month for a few weeks maybe a few months and then their big grand opening once they've established a a customer base is when you know they have a big celebration and it's finally time to start getting everyone so i think that's what we need to see from nintendo for the switch coming up and i think that this e3 is going to be really make or break and it's interesting in that you know normally we go in saying, you know, temper your expectations. It's probably going to be like one really amazing thing and a couple pretty good things. But I think Nintendo needs a lot of really amazing this time to really, really win over the people that aren't so sure about the Switch because they've got a really strong start with the Switch already. It's still sold out everywhere, but I cannot see that momentum keeping up unless we get some really good stuff coming. So we need more than just Mario. Uh, for this holiday season. Xenoblade has to come out this year. I I personally really think Fire Emblem Warriors needs to come out this year, although that might just be because it's combining two of the best franchises I've ever played. And I think we need more than just those three because the biggest sellers for the Switch for the next few months are all competitive multiplayer games. That's the biggest stuff that the Switch has looking up. And if that's not your thing, then why, what are you going to do with this system? So... I I think that there's not only things that could be possible for E3, there are things that have to happen for E3 for Nintendo to really, really, you know, to stick the landing on the Switch launch.
0: And when you talk about those kind of things, it does remind me of one of the questions, you know, talking about Pokemon and whether it is, you know, Pokemon Stars, you know, still the working theorized title. Uh, You know, do they make that exclusive to Switch to try to drive the market or can they not resist the big 3ds crowd where the sun and moon players already are and they know that they can get those sales I, but to get a, a proper pokemon game on nintendo switch like that will be a, a big draw and that, that keeps people coming uh, i think your point about a soft launch is, is pretty spot on um you kind of look at based on you know how they had the software sort of set up uh and how the when we talked about it, how it kind of launching half baked, I think that's kind of in that sort of same vein. Uh, you're right, it's, it's a huge E3 for Nintendo, and you normally you don't put you know so much stock in it. Uh, but it all kind of does, in a way, go back to the Wii U when you had those very lean years and you had years of studios working on games. Like, there's got to be something kind of in development. Um, in a way, Sony is an outlier in that. You pretty much know what every studio that's kind of under Sony's wings that they're working on uh, Microsoft has to sort out this similar problem this year as well especially with all the things being canceled and whatnot
3: My, yeah. Microsoft I could have a whole other topic about yeah. right now because it is not healthy for Sony to be so dominant in the industry mm-hmm. like uh, you know by and far it is very difficult to argue that that Microsoft is competing with Sony whatsoever but it's you know, it's not good for the industry to have no real competition going on
0: yeah I mean especially when most of the third parties are going Sony's way I mean there, there's talk on uh, some in- industry insiders that you know oh Microsoft has secured a marketing deal for an unannounced AAA game and some people are thinking like well I mean, is, is that going to be Assassin's Creed because like that's yeah it's unannounced but if it's just Assassin's Creed like okay well yeah you, you threw some money the Witcher's way and like did that really work out for you so like, I don't know um, but yeah, so I think Nintendo with the years of the lean years in the Wii U cycle, uh, and just, you know, kind of in that transition period, like there have to be games, where are they? And they haven't been, you know, urgent to show many Nintendo directs about them. So, you know, Reggie's been talking up this C 3 uh, you got to hope that it's not just, you know, some false words there.
3: Yeah. When it comes to Nintendo's marketing, um, I, I think that their development, and their, you know, the path of what they're actually doing with their systems uh, since Iwata's passing has stayed pretty consistent with what they were already going towards, but their marketing, you can see, has drastically changed. I think the Nintendo Directs were an Iwata thing, and we're not seeing them as much now because under the new direction of the company's marketing, they're refocusing it in, in different ways. And it remains to be seen whether or not that'll really work for them, but they are definitely doing something different now. And the conclusions that we had made as to like, you know, Nintendo directs or how they're doing things. This is how they do their marketing. We can't stick to those anymore because they've, they've really changed all of it.
0: I mean, now now you're seeing, you know, switch commercials on TV for sure. That's for one thing.
3: Yeah. And, In regards to Pokemon, because you brought that up, I think that's another really crucial question because what a lot of people forget is that Nintendo does not own Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Game Freak and the Pokemon Company are a completely separate entity that they have business deals with Nintendo to only publish Pokemon games on Nintendo systems, but ultimately, the Pokemon Company is going to do what's best for them before they're going to do what's best for Nintendo. And we saw that when the 3DS first launched and it desperately needed a Pokemon game. But Game Freak instead brought... Black and White 2 to the original DS. So, you know, there is definitely something going on with the Pokemon franchise, but whether or not that's going to Switch or 3DS is a big question. Nintendo obviously wants it to go to Switch because they need it on Switch, but the Pokemon company, it's, it's best for their bottom line if it goes to 3DS. So, if you know, it's all whether or not Nintendo can convince them.
0: Very, very true. And if it goes to both, I think then the big question remains: what's the feature set difference? I think it'd be ultimately okay if it's on both. If it's just on 3DS, I think that's a sorely missed opportunity. Uh, especially when you know, for years the Pokemon company has talked about, well, we don't have it on console because it lacks the portable element, and we like the idea of trading and battling and with your friends wherever you go. But that's solved with the Switch. So I think that they're looking at that, you know, processing power that seems. I would imagine appetizing to them, but if you do put it on both, they, yeah, the question is, you know, what is the difference between the two skews? Uh, is there something more on Switch that may lure players to go play on Switch? Because you could argue for for Wii U and Switch for Breath of the Wild. I mean, you could say you know, some performance figures, maybe if you wanted that extra resolution, but otherwise the feature set was pretty much the same. So you'd had people say, "Oh well, I'll just play Zelda on Wii U," but if there's that critical feature on switch and if it's hd graphics that could make a world of difference because the reg- the resolution is just huge between uh switch and then whether it's you know new 2ds xl or 3ds what ha- what have you i mean it's, it's a vast difference but after what-
3: playing switch for a couple weeks it's really easy to forget that the 3ds is still 240 yeah
0: feet. right absolutely and I've,
3: I've been playing hyrule warriors legends and it's like Oh boy! Yeah,
0: that is that is a, a big difference, but yeah, the big question will be: What is that one thing to get people to come over to the Switch to buy that version of the game, as opposed to just well, I have Sun and Moon or both, or you know, whatever have you on 3DS. I might as well get Stars on 3DS as well. So,
3: yeah, and Stars. I don't, I don't think it's gonna make or break the Switch if it you know whether it goes to Switch or 3DS, but I think that's gonna be a big factor in how big the switch will be in in the holiday season and i i i personally hope that they they bring whatever stars ends up being to the switch whether it's you know an actual third version which they haven't done in almost 10 years now mm-hmm. or it's a direct sequel like uh black and white 2 or whatever it ends up being i hope that we see it on switch because i think that you know in addition to the fact that we've never gotten a main series Pokemon game above 240p, but also because it's what they need. It's what they have to do. And I, I hope that Nintendo convinces, convinces the Pokemon company to do that.
0: Yeah, I know I'll be a big sucker for Pokemon in HD. I just wonder about, you know, the mom buying the game at holiday for their kid, uh, you know, where you need the big numbers and droves there. That'll be a, a big question. So a question for you, uh, you know, with <sighs> this E3 for Nintendo then, what are what is like one game? what are two games maybe that you know would be like a big surprise announcement for you? I mean outside of maybe the different predictions that we've seen, like what would be something that would you know really sell you as like this would be a great e three announcement for you personally
3: that's a that's a tough one. Um, over the years of Nintendo just totally messing with our expectations and never doing what we expect, I have gotten out of the game of expecting Nintendo to do anything. <laughs> For me personally, I always get most excited about Nintendo's new IPs, mm. um, and they've got arms coming up. So maybe they might, they might decide you know one is good enough for the year. But I think the most exciting thing for me is would be to see Nintendo come out with a new IP that is a genre that they haven't quite focused in on yet. And I think if they if they do that, then that's what I'll get most excited about. Because it's it's easy for everyone to say, you know, I want a new Metroid, I want a new F Zero. We're always going to want a new Metroid and a new F Zero. But when they do eventually come, we pretty we pretty much know what they're going to be in some fashion, uh, unless there's another d- totally drastic change like Metroid Prime was. But Nintendo, whenever they have something brand new, it's always exciting to see like the way that they're that they're handling like a new genre or a new franchise, learning from their competitors. Because that, that's really the only time they do learn from their competitors and, and do something that they're doing. Uh, whereas their own personal franchises that they already have tend to be they tend to be less 2017, so to speak. Uh, they they kind of like stick to their old design philosophies when it comes to those games. So I want to see something new that is that is really like a modern 2017 Nintendo game. I don't think it will happen because I think that they're more going to be along the lines of we have arms. That's, that's our new IP for the year, but that's what I would get most excited about.
0: Let me throw a third party curveball your way. What about, mm. uh, if is, you know, the chances on something from blizzard being ported over, whether it's something like a hearthstone, whether it's something like overwatch, uh, you know, chances of seeing something like that on the switch.
3: I think the most likely would be hearthstone. Um the Overwatch team has been asked the question about Switch and while they haven't dismissed it entirely, they 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 basically said that's not something we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. But Hearthstone is just a perfect fit for the Switch as well. Hearthstone and Overwatch are the only franchises that Blizzard has that are really doing anything right now. They've always got Warcraft going on, but it's not you know, it's not the new thing that they're actively doing cool things with, um, whether or not world of Warcraft could even come to, uh, Nintendo switch or this strange bizarro universe where Warcraft four gets announced as a switch exclusive. (laughs) Um, I don't personally think Blizzard's going to be involved whatsoever, but I think if they do, it's most likely going to be Hearthstone.
0: Yeah. I mean, you talk about, you know, genres that are missing from switch and, you know, CCG kind of jumps right to mind and, uh, with with a kind of like the card game there. I don't know if I yeah. would imagine Nintendo making their own CCG IP. That would be kind of crazy, but uh, I think for me personally one thing and it's it's a 3DS game that uh, it boggled my mind how it was only on 3DS, but uh, Mario Sports Superstars was sent out to die on 3DS. Shocked me personally and uh, cuz I I love those those Mario sports titles, like whether it's golf or it's, it's strikers baseball, even like tennis. Oh my gosh. Mario tennis. Like to have so many of those locked on 3ds in a time where like you're launching in the same month as Nintendo switch. Like how do you not have a switch port ready? Like I would have bought that game so hard if it were on switch, but I'm, I'm staying away for on 3ds. So if, if there was just a dumb little announcement to like, yep, that game, we're also bringing it to switch. Like I'd, I'd be happy. (laughs)
3: That game, completely just happened. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even know about it until I saw an advertisement for it, like running before a movie. Uh, yeah,
0: in yeah, the theaters. Yeah.
3: And that is the only time I have heard anything about it.
0: I, I think they whiffed so hard on it because the idea of you know five games in one is is so appealing. But to oh man to squandered away on that one platform. That's that's a miss there. Hmm.
3: I think it might have been like a, a, a game they threw together in a way um, because the the tennis side of it is literally the Mario 3DS tennis game.
0: Sure. I mean, yeah. Um, why, why change it? <laughs> yeah.
3: I feel like it's one of those things that they meant for it to be a lot bigger, but then all of their priorities changed with Switch. And they already had it in the pipeline. So they figured we might as well finish this, but they weren't really invested in it.
0: I think that's fair enough. Yeah, no, it should be really exciting to see what Nintendo does this year at 3 And, uh, I know we'll be all very excited in, in the month to come for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, we can find you on Twitter at Grimace Duminus. Uh, yep. anything you'd like to plug? Um,
3: are you familiar with history of Japan? The video?
0: I, I certainly am. Uh, the, <laughs> the it's funny you mentioned that the sequel uh i had it uh oh, the history of the world i got that lined up as my H- youtube history video
3: of the entire world yeah. i guess
0: yeah I've, do check that out i'll, I'll mention it again at the end of the show i had it lined up as my youtube video i'm, I'm glad you mentioned it it's it's super well done go check out bill works
3: what a lot of people don't realize is that over the past year since history of Japan, Bill Wurtz has been regularly answering questions on his website and everyone keeps asking about him about this video and this video has been literally his entire life if if what he's saying online is to be believed it has been everything for the last 11 months of his life. Every every moment of free time that he had went into making this video. And like it took that long because to, it he really was actively working on it, and it was just that big of a project. And he said that two months of his life, the only thing he did was research for so that he knew what he was doing. And you can tell, like, he is free. He has he has finally escaped the history of the entire world. And by God, it's, it's – you know, history of Japan was one of the best videos I've ever seen. History of the entire world, I guess, is one of the best videos I've ever seen. So – uh this is going up there with like one of the greatest videos on youtube Uh,
0: pretty much like and he's totally earned it too i mean looking at the stats right now we're three days after he launched this video 7.6 million views
3: it's unbelievably good he deserves so much more success than he has and he doesn't even monetize his videos Mm -hmm. like he could have made so much money off of history of japan and history of the entire world i guess and he he hasn't all he has is donations and his patreon
0: it's pretty amazing. Do check it out. I'll, I'll give it a plug at the end of the show as well, but that's that's a good pick. That's a good, good pick. All right, Matt. Well, thanks for calling in. Appreciate the time. You have a great night. <laughs> Thank you, you
3: too. Hopefully uh, next time we'll be able to uh, sort of follow up on the Fire Emblem Heroes going.
0: Oh, absolutely. Sounds great. See ya. All right, guys. Thanks for calling in. When we come back, we'll get to some headlines from the past week in a headline roundup. You don't want to miss it when we come back here on The Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. This week's Tempo Control music is brought to you by Fire Emblem Awakening. You can find a new Video Game Music Top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash rhymeswithasia. Now it's time for a headline roundup. We start with Square Enix cutting ties with IO Interactive. These are the developers behind the Hitman series and after the critical acclaim of Hitman last year it's kind of shocking to think that Square Enix is just saying bye bye we're gonna try to sell you off do we keep the Hitman property I don't know you're supposedly developing season two but is that gonna go to another publisher hard to say kind of shocking. Especially when Square Enix reports in their financials that they had, you know, record profits and great sales but it's possible that Hitman fell shy of Hitman Absolution's sales and, you know, for a much better critically received game, maybe it didn't translate exactly to the money there and that's really unfortunate, a lot of people loved Hitman, it's a game that I have to really get to, uh, you know, missing from 2016. Uh, that's just shocking, though, uh, that you know a game can have that kind of success that it did last year and then suddenly the publisher is just letting go of that developer. Uh, so hopefully the best over at IO Interactive. Hopefully they're still working hard on a Season 2 for Hitman. And hopefully they get snatched up soon. Uh, hoping for the best for them. Alan Wake is being taken off of Xbox Live and Steam on May 15th and it's because of music licensing. Uh, This is absurd, I think. I mean, could you not patch this out? I wonder what the extent of the music uh, is involved with the game and the licenses that are involved. Now, this is really you know, showing the troubles in a digital future. As much as we may want to go and embrace a digital future, uh, there's still the benefit of saying, well, I, if you have an Xbox 360 version of Alan Wake, you have no problem with this. I mean, I guess in the last couple days, the game was like 90% off on Steam in particular. I went and just installed it on a PC. I have no idea if... I mean, it's not going to go away necessarily from your library. You'll still, I guess have it that you bought it, but I don't know if you'll be able to re-download it. So you should be able to go, you know, get it now, download it, save it there if you're really itching to play Alan Wake. Uh, but you know, it shouldn't go away from your hard drive if it's installed. I'm not sure if you'll be able to pull from the storefront past May 15th. It just shows the uh, the kind of digital future that we live in and things like music licensing. I mean, that's it's really unusual. BioWare is shifting up their priorities they're putting Mass Effect on ice after the underwhelming Andromeda they're taking that BioWare Montreal team, half of them or so or at least some of them are going to EA Motive to continue work on Battlefront 2 for Star Wars there and the other bit are going to Edmonton where they are working on BioWare's next big new IP Uh, apparently it's currently codenamed Dylan Uh, the talk is that it's like a space-like MMO, kind of like a Destiny competitor if you will. Uh, big details haven't been revealed. These are kind of the the insiders. Uh, Liam Robertson, I think, was reporting on this one in particular, codenamed Dylan. Uh, and the big word with that game is that it got pushed back. It was supposed to be, you know, kind of an End of fiscal year for this year, sort of announcement. Maybe we would have seen it at E3, but the talk is it's gotten pushed back, uh, maybe towards the end of 2018. So keep an eye on whatever becomes of Dylan and uh, BioWare. I mean, they they've done the patches for Mass Effect Andromeda. It's improved that game quite a lot, but it still falls short of what the trilogy was. And I think that's that's an unfortunate thing. Hopefully, it's not too long before that franchise gets dethawed or. so to speak and not put on ice there uh halo 6 we had a question about originally it was going to be will halo 6 be revealed at the the microsoft conference but word comes from 343 industries that halo 6 will not be revealed at e3 but they will show a little something regarding the franchise so question got changed from halo 6 to a halo game or a remake Not an expansion, not a DLC. So we'll see what this little something is for this year. I think in a really important year for Microsoft to not show Halo at all would be a big mistake. So I wondered what this little something is. But, you know, Halo 6 currently generally planned for the end of 2018. If E3 2018 is the first time we see something like that for Halo 6, the next big installment, I wonder if that's going to be a mistake. So interesting that Microsoft comes out and says that, or 343 rather. Uh, Interesting that that's, you know, being brought up so far in advance of E3, almost one month. Speaking of a, another rumored game, Assassin's Creed Origins, this actually goes back to Liam Robertson as well, reporting uh, for, for another website, saying that Assassin's Creed will be named Origins for this time around, that it will take place in Ancient Egypt. Some, uh, shot, a screenshot is kind of leaked in advanced. Uh, granted, again, this is all rumor. so we have the question about, you know, will the next Assassin's Creed be set in Ancient Egypt? You can take the rumor for what you will, Uh, you know, if you believe the reporting in the past, if you believe the screenshot, that could be fake, could be real, Uh, talk of it being a prequel, again with two, possibly two assassins, Uh, boats would come back, Uh, it seems pretty exciting, if that's what indeed the case is uh, for this Assassin's Creed game, count me and I'd be really excited for sure. And finally, Project Rap Rabbit is a new project from the creators of Parappa the Rapper and Guitaru Man. Merging, fusing together, creating this new project to bring the rhythm game adventure kind of back into play. Kind of that, that old sort of game style that we've, uh, we've seen missing for quite some time. So, uh, so Project Rap Rabbit there, uh, you know, not too much talk, it's just a kind of teaser trailer out there, but that is a thing. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by rhymeswithasia.com and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. And you can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com. Also the place where you can submit for our E3 2017 Yes or No Contest, powerswitchpod at gmail.com by first checking out the questions over at rhymeswithasia.com slash E3 Contest. You can subscribe to the Power Switch on podcast services such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Now it's a small but growing community. And in these early months, the show, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. A YouTube video to watch, Matt already mentioned it, it's Bill Wurtz, W-U-R-T-Z, with History of the World, I Guess. He's the guy who made History of Japan, another fantastic YouTube video if you have not watched, but uh, being very informative in a quick, snappy, funny way, uh, it's, it's really a style that's only his own and you have to check it out. So yeah, Saturday's at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We got to get back into uh, having guests on the show. Got a couple planned, lined up, hopefully. So we'll get that going. Before E3 2017, we'll have Scott here. We'll uh, talk some more about our plans. We'll have post shows for each of the conferences, again, except for PC. And we'll have uh, people be able to call in there. If you win the contest for E3 2017, you'll get to be on the overall post show the week after E3 2017. So it should be a good time. Stay tuned to the Discord channel as everything develops here. And regardless, whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.